Today's guest, Jamie Rabisi Braley, is an artist from Auburn, Maine, and the office manager of the United Society of Shakers at Sabbath Day Lake Shaker Village. She earned a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Painting from Boston University. Jamie is also the leader of a multi-level Girl Scout troop and is the recipient of the Volunteer of Excellence Award, the Volunteer Appreciation Pin, and the Linda Shostak Award. Although Jamie doesn't have any children in the Girl Scouts, she felt a strong inclination to mentor young people and a great respect for the Girl Scout leadership model, all of which came together four years ago when she became a Girl Scout volunteer and troop leader. Today we'll discuss how she got involved, why she got involved, why she feels it's important to give back to the kids in her community, and the multi-level safe space troop she leads. Welcome to a Passion to Action edition of the Daughters of Change podcast, where you'll hear the stories of young women who have turned their passion into action through Girl Scouting. Encouraged and prepared through the Girl Scout leadership experience to imagine solutions and chase innovation where others only see challenges. These girls are exploring their big ideas with freedom and flexibility. They are motivated to build things from scratch, unleash their potential, and lead us toward the answers our future requires. Prepare yourselves to be amazed. Before we get started, a special thanks and a big shout out to our collaboration partners for the Passion to Action series. The Girl Scouts of Maine, building girls of courage, confidence, and character who make the world a better place. And First National Bank and First National Wealth Management, serving Maine from 18 branches along the coast and inland in Bangor and Brewer. Dream first, our best days are ahead. Welcome to another Passion to Action series of the Daughters of Change podcast. And today I'm talking with Jamie Rabisi Braley, a fearless Girl Scout leader. Um, and we have all kinds of really interesting and relevant things to talk about. So we're going to dive in. And I hope you enjoy meeting Jamie as much as I have, because, well, actually, I know you will. So, anyway, Jamie, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited. Yeah, this is great. And, you know, before we jump into everything that you're doing uh, as a Girl Scout leader, I have a question to ask you. Sure. What impresses you most about kids these days? Oh, um, what impresses me most is their fearlessness, even when they are afraid. They're still going to go ahead and try something. Um, and just be, be very open to experiences. I absolutely love uh, that about them and uh, their just willingness to be themselves and figure out who they are. That's I, I noticed that with young people, too. I work around a lot of yeah. young people and I would have to second that. I, I think you said it very, very well. And why do you personally feel that it's so important to give back to kids in your community? 
Because I think, well, I know that they have the most chance to affect change in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, adults have a voice and people are used to hearing it. And I think when a kid steps up and says something, people listen to it, especially when they may be fighting for equality or the environment or whatever it is that uh, they're advocating for. People will listen to them. Because, the, yeah. you know, we're living in our current phase, as are they, but they're also the future. So it's important to listen to them. Yeah, yeah. Again, well said, well said. And yeah. and kids bring this, um, you know, and, and you, you work with kids of all ages, which we're going to talk about. You yep. have like a multi-age troop, but kids, particularly when they're still young, they're, they're still untouched by prejudice or you know for themselves like they're still really Mm -hmm. really um open-minded and pure and it's really some of the things like that i hear come out of the mouths of my grandchildren even are amazing Mm -hmm. because they're you know they're just telling it like it is it's right and they're oh they're not afraid to question either like i have some kids that say oh my you know maybe my uncle says this or my dad you know yeah they hear things in their world and they're not afraid to question that to another adult. Like, is that okay? Or how should I feel about it and deal yeah, with this? Yeah. There's a pureness mm-hmm. with children that yeah. unfortunately we sometimes lose as we become adults or like, you know, me, I'm 39. So it's like, God, right. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> right? but I, I really, I, I loved your answer uh, to both of those questions. And how long have you been a troop leader? Um, I believe this is my fourth year now oh i lost track we started right before covid hit is when our our troop formed okay so yeah god it seems weird to think that that was four years ago now right right? it it was like did that (laughs) did that really happen (laughs) did we really live through that like were we really on lockdown (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and were you ever a girl scout yourself I was. I was a brownie. My twin sister and I joined uh, Girl Scouts as brownies, and I absolutely loved it. We went to Girl Scout camp and everything, and I grew up in New York on Long Island. Um, so it was a slightly different experience than here, but, um, and again, I'm 39 like you. <laughs> I'm <laughs> exactly. 44. I'm 44. <laughs> but um, when we were growing up, it was, you know, the troop mom would lead it. And if their kid didn't want to be in Girl Scouts anymore and no one stepped up, which is what happened in our troop, um, no one stepped up to lead and our troop disbanded. And wow. so we um, were only in it a couple of years as long as uh, that leader was leading it. And then when she stopped, did other things. And then I always wanted to join again. And then in middle school, one of my friends said, Hey, I have a joint, a Girl Scout troop. I just joined. Do you want to join with me? And I was like, yes, I want to get back. (laughs) So we, uh, well, I earned up to my silver award in that. And then, um, and then ran out of time for other things. And is that Nellie? That is Nellie. Is Nellie, was Nellie ever a Girl Scout? She is our um, troop mascot. In oh, the there you go. So <laughs> Nellie was just giving us her impression about how much she likes the Girl Scouts, right? Yes. Thank yes. you, Nellie. Thanks, Nellie. Yeah, we actually, so when we started in COVID, we were doing a lot of Zoom meetings um, because we couldn't meet in person anymore. So we, we did that for about a year. 
And Nellie was a part of the troop. Yeah, so <laughs> there sure you go. Then. <laughs> Does Nellie have a little vest? Um, no, I did make her a sash at one point, but it was very short-lived. She doesn't like wearing <laughs> yeah, That was enough of that. <laughs> yeah, maybe just a dog bone with the Girl Scout exactly. logo or something. <laughs> That's great. Well, I, I had, I'm so glad Nellie gave us her input. And so when you were thinking about getting involved as a volunteer, uh, and, and we're going to talk about how you ended up becoming yep. a leader, but what was it that at this point in your life appealed to you about getting involved with the Girl Scouts as a troop leader? Sure. Um, you know, really, it was it was a young girl that inspired me, and I think we all know Greta Thunberg, and I oh, yeah. was just like, holy cow, this kid. She was so young, at, especially at that time. This kid is affecting huge change, and not just in her community, but in the entire planet. And um, and and that really inspired me to say, how can I get involved in some kid organizations? And of course, the one I thought first was Girl Scouts. Yeah, yeah, because you had a yeah. great experience. I did. Yeah, I yeah. loved it, and yeah. I think that's what got me into a lot of into community events, into volunteerism. And now I work in the nonprofit world and have for a long time. And I absolutely credit that to Girl Scouts getting me into that. And so can you can you walk us through how did you actually get involved? And and your story is a little bit unique. Yeah. So so talk to us about that. Sure. So I don't have any children. Um, I am married, but we don't have any kids. We definitely have Nellie and our other dog, Sammy. Um, But. I, w- I started looking at ways to get involved in the community and, as I said, in, in Girl Scouts. And so I went online and I was filling out the volunteer information. I said, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it. Maybe I'll be a co-leader or an assistant or some sort of helper in the local troop. And I started filling it out. And one of the questions was, how old is your girl? And I was like, oh, crud, I don't have one. <laughs> maybe this isn't allowed, you know, like it's just a little weird. So maybe it's not allowed. Um, and so I stopped filling out the form. And then Jeannie Doogie, who's our area's uh, uh, volunteer specialist, wound up seeing the half-filled information that I filled out online. And she gave me a call and said, I saw you started it. And, you know, what happened? Is there anything I can help you with? And I said, yeah, I actually, I don't have kids. Is that going to stop me from volunteering? And and she was like, oh, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And I was like, oh, good, because I was just so afraid that that was not an opportunity for an adult without kids. Uh, and it was. And Jeannie is very good at what she does. And she got me uh, enlisted as a troop leader. And we started a brand new troop. I really like that because I think yeah. there are a lot of people that probably don't realize that, you know, you could be an empty nester or not have children exactly. and still get involved in that. There's a need for that, you know, and that yeah. you're actually and we're going to talk more about kind of the mentorship mentee part of it as well. Mm-hmm. But um but you can actually be involved. Right. You could yeah. be an auntie. You could be a grandma. You could be or any other gender yeah. version of that. But you, you can just be a person yeah. that wants to volunteer and you don't have to have a relationship to the kids in the troop. And I actually think that that benefits our troop mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So when you 
decided, you know, when you, everything was filled in and it was done and you were ready to rock and roll, were you worried at all that you wouldn't fit in because you weren't like a quote unquote, like mom of a Girl Scout? Definitely. I definitely was. And we started at uh, the time it was like a kickstart. So we just put out the word that we're starting a new troop looking for K in first grade and um, a staff member, Kayla Norster, who's fantastic. She's wonderful. She's I've amazing. interviewed her. She is so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, and so at the time she was childless as well and that's changed, but at the time she was childless as well. And so that really, she really inspired me as being yeah. a staff member that was just out there having fun with these kids. And I actually, the first meeting just kind of sat there, shrunk in the corner a little bit, like observing and watching because I wasn't sure exactly what to do. And she's like, are you okay? Just like jump into it. And I was like, all right. And I was inspired by how the kids that did show up to that had never met each other before, didn't know any of the adults around them and were just like, hey, this is fun. I want to be a Girl Scout. And what can I learn today? And that inspired me to to really just jump in and actually be myself by watching them be so open to be themselves. Yeah, because they were kind of in the same boat that you were, they really, were, just yeah. on a different, you know, from a different aspect. Right, so. and I'm thinking, I'm the adult here. I should be okay with this. Well, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I've had conversations with other volunteers and leaders, and, and they speak about what they take and learn from the kids and the troops, too. So I think there's kind of a symbiotic relationship there, right, to... Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And um, what would you say to other people that might be listening that don't have kids or don't have kids at home or what have you that might want to get involved as a volunteer or a leader? Yeah. I say um, be open about what your skill sets are. First of all, don't just volunteer what you think you're best at, but think of what you might be okay at as well, because that's fine too. Being the okayest at something is awesome. Yes. <laughs> so just to sort of come in and, you know, or if you're maybe in the bank world, help them with the financial badge. Just find a local troop that you can maybe um, just volunteer your skill set and, and help them through a patch. I actually did that a few years ago and um and really loved it and then was just like oh okay i guess i'm i'm done then and didn't think about it again until i was ready to really fully commit and volunteer but it's a great way to start out and yeah. uh and see if you're interested in it and i think just contact your your local service unit and the council and see what they're needing cuz they might even just need some drivers to help get kids to uh to outings and to camp and um, a lot of us just need the troop leaders just need help setting up for a meeting <laughs> or maybe even yeah. cleaning up yeah. is very important. Um, so no matter what, uh, you feel your gift may be, just start small and, and you'll find it. You really will. Right. Yeah. And, and I love that what you brought up about like coming in and helping with a badge even. So if you don't mm -hmm. have, or don't know if you have the time or want to take the time to actually start out, jump right in, be a troop leader. They need yeah. help with badges, with different skill sets, and also sometimes with their projects that they're doing, the troop projects. Absolutely. So, and, you know, even I know that we're talking um, about Girl Scouts of Maine, but the Girl Scouts is all over the country. And in some cases, you have uh, Girl Guides in other parts of the world. So if you just Google that and your area, you should easily be able to find 
somebody to contact about how you can give back. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, because when when I had started once just helping with a uh, a badge, it was with um, an art badge for. I believe they were uh, brownie level and it was so mm-hmm. much fun just you know just brought in art books we did a painting activity like who doesn't feel comfortable right. <laughs> you know it's pretty easy to do but especially since that was my background it was really nice to do but we've had people come into our troop to um you know to maybe lead baking or cooking to lead some camping skills and if you know how to set up a tent in your backyard that's a great skill and just come and teach us that we want to we want them to see other adult leaders and not just the troop leaders. Yeah. And, and not to mention that, you know, for people that might not know, uh, because I didn't know this before I started working and doing the podcast series with the Girl Scouts, um, that STEM and financial literacy mm-hmm. are two big things that they teach, you know, business acumen, Absolutely. entrepreneurship. So, you know, these are all just kind of broadens the field of opportunity yeah. for volunteers as well as for the girls and the kids getting involved. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. think about the special skills you can bring. I think that's, that's <laughs> important. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I love that you used your art background because you are an yeah. artist as well. So, um, so I, I just want to jump back to this for a minute, because when we talked the first time, you said something about this that I thought was really kind of cool and kind of important. So you started right before the pandemic, which meant that, you know, you you had to work around everything and do things virtually. But you talked about how some really good things came out of that for both you and the kids. What was that? Yeah. So we... I believe met in person about four times before we were ready to really start our troop. We had enough kids that wanted to join and enough adults. And um, we were like, let's go. And then it was locked down. And so it was like, oh my gosh, what do we do? How do you stay connected to these people? How do we not lose the momentum we had? Um, and how do we keep them active? And it's a scary, it was a scary time for all of us. I, I absolutely was scared and was okay sharing that with the kids and to say, you know, us meeting every other week uh, through Zoom was just a nice way to stay connected and feel like you had this safety net outside of your immediate household and your immediate family, that you did have this extra community. And a lot of our kids at the time were kindergarten and first grade. So they didn't even really experience a lot of school yet. So they didn't completely know um, what it was to be with other kids um, as much as, you know, a, a typical life. You would, you would know that type of stuff. So it, they right. really looked forward to it. And so, um, you know, we would make I pre-planned a lot of it based on their interest and what they wanted to do. We put together like activity kits and I drove them around and contactlessly delivered it at everyone's house. We were a very small troop at the time. Uh, And it gave us something to look forward to because they'd receive that package. They'd get excited for it. Um, And then we had a fun time of making crafts and doing some science projects and all different types of things like that. Um, through Zoom, and it really gave us um, an important safety net that I think everyone definitely needed at that time. 
um, but also just formed a really nice bond that we continue now four years later. Yeah, I can imagine how important that was for everybody to have that connection, especially for like kids that are used to going out and playing and, you know, starting to socialize and get that piece. So that that's another nice um, aspect of the troops, even when you're not in a pandemic situation, just that bond and that safe space. So I do also want to ask you, your troop is a very open and safe space. And can you speak about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, We had always sort of figured from the beginning as troop leaders, all of the co-leaders and I decided that we were accepting of everyone and whatever um, abilities they had, whatever age they were. Um, And so first setting up our troop as a multi-level troop. And that's kind of where it all started. And that just means that whatever age you are, whatever grade you're in, whatever Girl Scout level you are, you're welcome. If this is the group that you want to join, join us. If this is where you feel comfortable, join us. And it doesn't, there's no restrictions on it. And some other troops do totally make sense. Um, But for us, we decided every age group can learn from one another by working with each other and next to each other. Uh, and with each other. And I mean, if you think of as an adult, any job you've had never been only with your age group. So to me, that made sense. You have to learn in the real world how to deal with people that know more than you do and that know more than less, less than you do, maybe know the same that you do. So to me, the multi-level really made sense, but it also really served the community so that any age that was looking for um, that type of connection could say, okay, that, that actually sounds really good to me. And that siblings could also be in the same troop. And so that made it a lot easier for parents that it's only one drop off. It's, you know, it's all the same time for a couple of kids <laughs> yeah. and that worked really well for us. So it's, it really started there. And I think just based on how all of us, um, treat each other and just the kindness and everything, we became even more open to um, to dealing with gender and dealing with LBGQ+, and whatever the kids were bringing up, as especially as they're getting older and figuring out who they are. And so that became another level of making sure it was really um, welcome and open to them, whether they want to share any of that part of their life or just to let the adults know or just to have a safe place to explore. And one of our kids was absolutely, I mean, it just totally blew my mind that a kid could be like this, came up to me at first and just said, I think I'd like to change my name. I'd like to people to call me a different name. And I'm like, yeah, of course, what is it? And so they said, you know what it was going to be. And then the other kids were like, oh, can I say what I want? Because I actually like this nickname better than what you're calling me. And I'm like, yeah, of course, you know, like that's what we're all here to just be kind and whatever to each other. And eventually we've, we've had, um, non-binary, we have some, uh, gender queer, we have all different types and it's just nice to, to let them be themselves and discover who they are, but feel like they can do that in a safe place. And to be safe, yeah. Yeah. And the safe space is something I hear a lot, um, especially from the older Girl Scouts I talk to that, you know, maybe in high school, 
you know, they just wanted to be themselves and they weren't necessarily into like fitting a certain mold or a certain oh Nelly agree Nelly's really digging this yeah. and <laughs> she does yeah, not like she's, mold Nelly's like yeah <laughs> I wag my tail to the beat of my own drummer. But I mean, just just that idea that, you know, maybe you don't want to be in a certain clique or deal with all that stuff and the heavy social media and the, the expectations. And that word safe space comes up a lot in my conversations it and it's important it's important for yeah. kids to have that because we have a lot of kids that fall somewhere on a spectrum yeah. as well and so for them it makes it easy to say hey you know like i actually don't like you to touch me yes. or, you know or whatever yeah. it is and they all are starting you know to feel at some point comfortable to share yeah. that with one another and set their boundaries yeah. for each other which is important yeah and even for kids with you know disabilities and stuff to have a place yeah. where they feel not that i'm saying the other stuff is a disability but i'm just saying for you know kids to just feel like they're safe being with exactly who they are what you know right and or no so matter they where they come something. from or yeah. you know what their home looks like or how they identify so that's really nice and yeah. within that multi-level aspect um it seems to me and i'm just throwing this out there you tell me if it's true that there would be the opportunity for like you know like mentorship where you know an older kid can help a younger kid uh and sometimes the younger kids can help the older kids but you have that just like at work you were saying you go into a job like we go into a job especially when you're first starting a lot of times you have a mentor right somebody right. that you could go to with like i don't quite know how to do this or yes. you know i need i'm trying to do this this service project you've already done one whatever that may be it seems is there a lot of space for that sort of thing that you see happening there is and you know we facilitate it we don't have to really ask them we more just facilitate and guide it because yeah. they really do just jump in whether they have siblings of their own or it's just natural to them to want to help another i mean that's what we're all there for is to how do we help the community how do we help one another so they really they really do model that very well by these mentorships and you know if one kid might be struggling with something another will jump in right away um you know i think a fun instance is um even we had our end of the year party last season and we went roller skating and one of the kids fell down crying, you know, just as we all yeah. expected would happen. Cause I did it too. <laughs> so, I didn't cry hard. I tried. But, um, you know, one, and so the, another kid came over and was just like, you got this. You're okay. Everything's going to be fine. Let it out. And then let's get back up and do it again. You know, and nobody asked them to do that. Yeah. They just came and saw another person in need and wanted to help that. That's really nice. And and having that come from a peer versus yeah. an adult, you know, even exactly. if the kid is a little bit older than you, that's, there's something about that uh, because yeah. normally I think as kid, you know, go back to being a kid, like you would expect somebody to make fun of you for something like that, right? right? As opposed yeah. to, to say, come on, I got you. And there's just like, I imagine that that is really important Uh an important dynamic and also you know i was going to ask you this later but it fits in so nicely now the whole idea of facilitation um you know you mentioned that you and your co-leaders facilitate so that's really i mean the kids are coming up with the ideas for whatever they're doing right and you are yes. they're making it happen and you all are facilitating it absolutely yeah at the beginning like we're about to start a new 
a new season, a new troop year, and the first thing we do at our first meeting is brainstorm. What are you interested in doing, learning, contributing, all of it? We sort of come up with a half-year plan. We do it again, and we monitor it as we go along, but making sure that it's all led by the kids and the troop is deciding what they want to do, and then the adults, we're there just to make sure that can happen. So that's bringing in... People that can, you know, like they wanted to do some art things. So we brought in someone different than me because I can teach and I do teach that. But I also bring in other people that can bring in other aspects of it um, and tie that into community involvement. And so we make some those connections. But then we really say, you know, like I've been working with the, one of the local cities here to work on some projects. And I said, yeah, I'm absolutely going to give you the gist of what we need to talk about, but then I want you to talk to the kids because it's their project. And I want to make sure that they're involved in in all those intricacies so they can understand how this all works. Because the eventual goal, and hopefully this year we have some second year juniors and uh, first year cadets, so they're getting pretty older now. And, uh, And so we want them to really start leading those meetings. So we say... Okay, everyone. Someone might want to volunteer to lead um, a badge on music because they're really good at it, and we're going to let the kids lead that. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, because it is really, you know, at the heart of everything, at the root of this, it's a leadership program. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a well thought out, tried and true leadership program. Yeah. Um, and I, and I. I always ask that question because I I really enjoy hearing the answers uh, <laughs> as to how the volunteers or the troop leaders or the you know the staff uh, you know allows that for the kids. Yeah, and I think it's an important element as an adult and as a volunteer that you don't have to know everything yeah. and you don't have to, you know, be a teacher and come up with lesson plans every year. You're letting your troop decide what they want their lesson plan to be. And then you're just facilitating the right people that can come in and show them how to do things. And what do you like best? So you've, over the four years, there's probably, it could be more than one thing, but what do you like best about being a troop leader? Um, who, what do I like best? I love the fulfillment that it gives me just in that I, I do feel like I'm making a difference in the community and in these kids' lives. Um, and I really like what I get out of it in, um, in feeling like, you know, a second mom to some of the kids. I, I always joke, I'm, I'm everyone's auntie in the group. So I have this huge family now. Um, and it, I really love watching them problem solve and deal with everything that's going on in the world and learn from their confidence and their their ability to just go with the flow and um but also make some decisions and move forward in different ways and to really ask questions i think it's taught me a lot of how to how to think with more of their courageous mind yeah it, it there seems like there's you know which we you know touched upon before there's a benefit to the volunteers and the leaders uh, as well. And can you think of a, I mean, I know you talked about when you went to that first meeting and you were feeling, you know, a little bit 
maybe uncomfortable, not sure what to think, and you saw the kids just embracing that. But in terms of with your troop, can you think of an instance where you feel like you really went, oh my God, like I just learned a a lesson from these kids or this particular (laughs) child? Oh my goodness. Um, I think what what I think of first what what really stands out prominently in my mind is the kid that asked about changing their name of what we were calling them and has changed it several times. And we go through a lot of different conversations as do they with the other kids and say, um, you know, I know you're used to calling me this, but you know, how to have those really hard conversations, um, and then watching them also go through their uh, gender journey as well and figuring, figuring all of that out and creating that safe place, but really seeing that kid um, really evolve over the years and uh, how that affects their friendship groups and their creative abilities and, and everything. And it's just really inspiring to sort of to keep searching that because I know like as adults we might decide at some point in our life you know I don't feel fulfilled enough what else can I do as I did in starting this troop and um or in any of us that have a a life change decide maybe we don't like a job we want to try something else that that seems like a really huge obstacle to most adults but to kids they're like yeah, I'm just going to try this and see how that goes. And if they're given that space to do that. Yeah. It's, you know, it's interesting because it makes a lot of adults really uncomfortable. So being able, you know, if you're closer to the inside looking in and watching it, it's a very different experience than what you might hear in the news or on social media, which I try to right. say, you know, other than posting my daughters to change stuff, like I, I don't want, you know, but anyway, that's a, yeah, that's, that's a really, um, it's very informative to be in a space with young people these days because it's, you know, like you said, they're, they're fearless. Yeah. And they're to, fearless. To help yeah. facilitating those conversations that they're having mm-hmm. with one another, um, sometimes even by facilitating just be there to support like I don't even have to jump in and say anything because they've got it handled but um just knowing that they can have these conversations and um be open with one another I think is great not just for them it's great for humanity (laughs) so we all gonna have to learn to get through all of our all of our differences and coexist and that's all we're asking everyone to do yeah yeah i hear you oh you don't have to agree with me but still play next to me and have fun (laughs) play nicely in the sandbox people right (laughs) that's right so you've you've talked about personally how you found your volunteering and you're being a troop leader to be beneficial for you in your now you've been doing this for a while you've gotten to know other volunteers other leaders are you seeing um them also reaping the benefits of this or are you hearing any stories from them about how much they've learned and and what are some of the things you've heard from others oh um well in in our area i think all but one of our troop leaders uh, have kids. And so one of them's an auntie to one of the kids in the troop. And um, I watch them and I'm amazed how they're able to 
go home from an hour, hour and a half, two hour meeting or whatever it is with 20 kids and then go back home and still have kids. I'm like, so like, okay, I'm just going to go with my barking dog Nelly and you know, and I'm, I'm okay. I'm going home to a much quieter environment and I get to kind of turn things off. Um, so I'm really always amazed by how they're sort of carrying it all, how they're doing everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's, I do think it's important that those of us that don't have it or empty nesters or something. So our, in our troop, uh, my co-leader, Karina, who has been uh, our co-leader for most of our troop years now, she stepped in as a temporary, and I say quote unquote temporary because I knew she wouldn't be. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're going to stay on. Um, but she had kids that she already led them through. Her daughters led them through troops and felt, you know, she's sort of in her retirement volunteer phase of Girl Scouts that she was serving on the service team. But she was so great and stepped up to be uh, the temporary co-leader. And now she's been in it for a few years. And it's been fantastic because I think we both are now coming from um, being able just to be there for our troop and not worry too much about what we're going home to and, and, you know, dealing with the kids, her kids are growing in college, you know, all of that. So it's, it's very, it's a very nice atmosphere that, that we can have. Um, but also that we can sort of share, um, share with the rest of the troop leaders in our area. And I think a lot of women, especially and mothers, especially that are troop leaders feel like they have to do it all. And I think if we look at our kids and realize that they're they're okay to say, no, I don't want to do it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that doesn't mean a failure in any way. You're still a huge accomplishment, but you're you're really setting your boundaries of what you want to do. And I think that's a really important thing for for everyone as an adult volunteer or just a person um, to figure out that that that's okay to do. Bring in other people, rely on your support team and your community because everyone's so excited. I know like my friends just think it's so fun whenever I post what on Facebook or whatever, what we're doing with their troop. They love seeing it. They love supporting it. Um, you know, they treat them like they're all my kids and like, what's so-and-so up to? <laughs> and it's, it's really fun to, to uh, find this sort of extended family support. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's actually a really, it's a great point and it's a, a, a great perspective. And as you were saying that, you know, something else that came to my mind is there are so many seniors that are retired, that are vibrant, that mm. maybe their family doesn't live near them. Maybe they didn't have kids and they're looking for yeah. ways to plug in. And what a great opportunity to bring your life wisdom to some young people to, you know, help them grow and become leaders and to actually connect. So, you know, it's funny, I just, that was just uh, going through my head because I do some other work with seniors and I thought, what a nice fit, you know, as you were talking as well, right? Yeah, and so many, we've connected with like our um, local um, retirement communities and and care facilities and stuff, uh, nursing homes and through that have met so many seniors that have like, I was a Girl Scout and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then we say, you're still a Girl Scout. You know, <laughs> we make sure that um, 
they really connect with the kids and they love sharing their experiences. Do you remember this camp song? Uh, I went to Camp Pondicherry. Is that where you're going? And they connect. You know, there's 60 to 70 years between some of their ages, but they're able to connect from having also been Girl Scouts. So that's a great way. Um, You know, just come and teach them a song. That's it. You don't have to do anything else. One song, you know, and that is a skill we want to keep passing on to people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's really that that there's something I see that in my head. It's just so beautiful (laughs) to have the like both ends of the spectrum of the generations, you know, connecting. And it's something with that used to happen many, many years ago where the, the elders held the wisdom and they passed right. it down to the to the younger people. So I Yeah. Yeah, that's and a, it's I, I like that image. fulfilling especially for the adult, really fulfilling and brings back so many great memories and friendships, hopefully, you know, rekindle some of that. Um and I think that's that is such a nice thing to do for people. Mhm. Mhm. Absolutely. And what wise words do you have? for other daughters of change? Um, let's see. I think maybe the message that, that is coming through to me now through our conversation is, is even that, you know, that every butterfly wing can affect a change. So even if it, you feel it's so minor, you're just coming in and teaching some kids a song, you know, that that is, that can be a life-changing experience. That could be something they remember forever. Uh, and I think even little changes make a huge impact. So to think like, Oh, you know, feel like I love the title of your organization, the daughters of change. Um, because that is absolutely an inspiration for all of us. We, everyone wants to feel like they affected a change on something, but we all have. And I think we need to recognize when we do that, no matter how big or small it is, and inspire other people to do the same because that's the whole point of it. You know, when, when my friends say, Oh, it's so cool what you're doing. And I'm like, you can do this too, or you can do something similar, or, you know, we're just planted a pollinator garden, just plant some flowers in your yard. You know, these are little things to inspire each other to do. So even, even a small change can have a huge ripple effect. With much gratitude and thanks, I want to recognize our sponsor for the Passion to Action campaign, the First National Bank, whose strong tradition of service extends beyond their walls by dedicating resources to identify and fund critical areas of community need in their market areas. This includes programs that enhance the quality of life, instill pride, and promote important initiatives, including education and youth, health and human services, civic and community development, and culture and the arts. Thank you, First National Banks.